AI in Action is brought to you by Aulis International, covering your business's staffing, consulting, and networking needs. Our host brings you the leading minds in AI, sharing their story, their success, and their advice. Focusing on fast-tracking you to the top, AI in Action cuts through the hype to help you kickstart your data science career. To listen to the latest AI in Action podcast, head over to www.aldus.com forward slash podcast, or subscribe via iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Podcasts. Hi, welcome to the AI in Action podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Kelly. Today on the show as a guest, we have Fabian, who is the founder of Asgard, which was the first VC, which was the first VC company who focused on investments into the AI industry. He's also the founder of the Rise of AI Tech Conference. Fabian, it's great to have you on the show. Yes, wonderful. Thank you for inviting me. Great, great. Fabian, look, you've done and you've wrote a lot of interesting reports and done a lot of research on the global state of AI, uh, comparing how Germany is in Europe and then more so on a global scale. Um, I suppose, look, can you tell us a little bit about your background and why you decided to do such research? So my background is I'm an entrepreneur and investor and in a couple of years, Almost 10 years ago, I turned my passion for programming and computers into full full business mode. I started a handful of businesses with a team builder called uh, Team Europe. Um, I was involved in a couple of IPOs like, like Delivery or two years ago. I started a venture capital company called Point Nine Capital. And then I left and started my own startup, did the whole fundraising tour and scaling and selling. And at the end, I decided, oh, I want to do something which is sustainable, which is providing benefit for society. It's more than just earning money. It's earning money with a purpose. And I started my own fund, Asgard, which we dedicated on deep tech, and in this case, AI, already back in 2014, before there was a hype and so forth. And uh, next to it, I started to invite people just to chat. Uh, today, you would call it a meetup, but this was just, hey, let's meet in hackerspace and talk about this singularity. And we talked, and then these events grew from like 10 people, then 50, 150, 350, 600, and this year, Rise of AI Conference, and you are a partner with us, um, has almost 800 people from all over the world. We have speakers from 25 nations. We have, we have a whole variety from politicians to CEOs of Fortune 500 companies to researchers, startups, unicorns, a wonderful, colorful mixture. So today I invest private money, and I also organize once in a year a very, very large event to bring everyone together with a goal make Europe a hub for AI, help the existing industries to digitalize and help the new economy, the new entrepreneurs and the researchers to build businesses, to get the data, to get the attention of the politicians, to get the right regulations. Yes, and in this, I do everything. I organize, I invest, but also advise. I advise the German government, I advise Chinese governments. Yes, there's more than one. European Commission, I'm all over the place um, to help to make this world hopefully a better place to live. Good, good. And it's funny, I know you mentioned it uh, specifically there too, uh, about cutting through the hype of, you know, what actually is AI. Um, it's funny, I, I find a lot of the German companies, they don't talk about hype. They do it a lot less than, let's say, for example, the USA or China. You will hear about their research while it is in research stage. Whereas a very successful AI company in Germany will have to be out on the market, see a successful product before they say, hey, we've made an AI. So we Germans, we do and we don't talk. And 
that worked really well if you do heavy machinery, cars, and so forth. But in present time, it's all about marketing. Honestly, it's about bullshit bingo out there. And sure, you have to cut through the noise, but in the end, those who sell each other, who get more attention, that works. And for B2C, it works. So Google, it's a B2C company. In the beginning, Facebook, same. Amazon, same. They got big because they were able to oversell them and they self-fulfilled their prophecy because they said, hey, we're the biggest one. We're not, but since you joined, we're now the biggest. Um, for B2B, it will change. If you do B2B business, if you do software for machines, yes, self-driving cars, for example, it's not about selling. So what I learned from German partners, oh, those American companies, they oversell. They're like promising everything and they don't deliver. And this will change. So I think if you do something, which is really good deep tech, and you don't overpromise, on the long run, you hopefully will succeed with this. So, so uh, I think it was something that if you, if you think about it, uh, Steve Jobs oversold Apple before they became a great company. Um, and then in the long run, I think that they go against the grain is they have eventually came back to, to be successful as, they, as their initial products were expected to be. Steve Jobs was exceptional, smart and brilliant. And he wasn't one of those Polish managers who don't really talk honestly, just talk in numbers and try to avoid anything. He was edgy. That's why we love him or miss him or hated yeah. him. Um, he was an entrepreneur. That's what you need. You need people who, who are bold, who are ambitious, who can reflect on themselves more or less. Yes. And to, who can execute on their visions. Yes. We need more entrepreneurs out there. Yeah. His, his visions were exceptional. And, uh, I think he was really able to, to translate his image to his potential customers and create an exceptional brand. So I recently gave an interview to a large uh, news magazine in Germany about the AI strategy of Apple, which is none. But st during my research, I learned that Steve Jobs already in 2009, uh, his team pushed him, hey, we need AI. He was like, ah, do we? And then he initiated the purchase of Ziri, which was a startup, by the way, DARPA funded before, but it was a startup. And he purchased Zuri and at this moment, he wanted to have a holistic AI as your best friend in all segments of your life. So he already had the vision 10 years before everyone else got it, what to do. But then he died and his, let's say, uh, the people who took over, they don't have the vision anymore. So he had the vision. He was just not living long enough to make it real. We're talking about vision of AI, strategy of AI. What's the what's happening globally? Um, and then I suppose if we if we look into the global leaders and then I suppose start comparing them and then start talking through Europe. Let's look at the global landscape. Uh, together with the uh, strategy consultancy Roland Berger, we did um, we did a case last year. We analyzed eleven thousand AI companies. We kicked out six thousand of them because they didn't do AI, they just claimed to. So how does the world look like on AI? Um, I would say you have three blocks, China, Europe, United States. Clearly, United States is the market leader. 40% of all AI companies are based in uh, Silicon Valley, Austin, um, the, uh, the, the New York and Boston area. You also have a strong hub in Canada. So, but number one, United States. Number two, China. Which is surprising not today, but it was surprising back then because China didn't exist on the digital hub for what the decades before. So they emerged really fast. Number three, by surprise, compared to the size, Israel. Israel is the number three hub for AI. Then you have London, UK, 
France, Germany, Canada, so they're almost like equal. Um, let's dive a little bit into and we start with the big one, United States. Why are they strong? Well, they are strong because the United States financed the whole digital ecosystems a while ago. DARPA, NSA, CAA, they are huge drivers. NSA made Palantir big, CAA made Facebook big, and the DARPA, so the Pentagon, the military made Google big. Yes, all of them were subsidized or financed by data or context or something else by the American government, always with a military purpose. Um, this is not an alternative to Europe, we don't want this, but this is the facts. From this huge ecosystem grow and Google, Amazon, Facebook, um, uh, Microsoft, you have world-leading companies who turned now to be AI. Amazon is a very AI-driven company, very AI-driven. I mean, you purchase something and the price is dedicated by AI. What you see, AI is going to um, logistics centers run by AI. A robot is picking the stock, is putting on the, on the, on the driver. And the first human ever touching your product is the guy coming up upstairs and mostly not delivering probably. So we complain only about the human factor there. Everything is run by AI. If you look Google, Google AI first. I mean, Google search engine, it's a very sophisticated, very complex, narrow AI. Um, Facebook, it's all about algorithms. I mean, there's no human telling you what you see and what you see, it's all algorithms. So it's AI at the end. Narrow AI, but it's AI. Um, Amazon and Facebook, one of the largest provider of cloud solutions, which is the basics to run AI applications. So they have the infrastructure. So United States really well, very good ecosystem, very well financed. Everything works there perfectly. Stanford, MIT, financing, investors. So that's how it could be. Then we have China, very different approach, but very dominant player, very dominant player. What Russia used to be in the 50s, 60s, 70s, it's China today. It's the arch enemy or it's our friend, it's, you don't know, it's, um, they are not that aggressive sometimes. Um, what they did is they had the Sputnik moment when they realized that AlphaGo beat in, 19, uh, in 2016, 2017, Lisa in the game of Go. And since Go is their version of chess, they were like, really, this happened? And they realized that, wow, we need to do something. And they started to invest 30 billion. And now they invest over 130 billion. And what China's doing interesting, they said on the highest level, Xi Jinping said, we want AI. We want to be market leader, global leader in AI by 2030. And they brutally, beautiful executed on several layers. If you want to see the future today, you have to go to Shanghai, not Silicon Valley. If you're in Shanghai and you're crossing the street and it's red, the AI is recognizing it. They know your face. They know who you are. And they take the money from your bank account right away. That, and that's, yeah. a, that's a terrible beauty, right? It's beautiful from the technology and it's terrible when you think about what surveillance is doing. China is doing the social score. Social score is like an online real life game. If you write good articles, if you behave good, if you pay your taxes on time, you get benefits. You get benefits because the inter interest rates go down. You get better jobs. You get higher ranking in uh, online dating. You can travel more, but if you don't behave according to the algorithm, you get punished. So if you don't pay your taxes on time, if you don't pay your invoices on time, you get punished. It means you get less dating, less reproduction, less travel, less good jobs and no credits. So you already have an algorithm steering societal behavior. And that is what George Orwell already wrote, wrote without the software, but George Orwell thought about this in 1984. 
and they do it real life. And in interesting side fact is already um, a lot of politicians on the lower level complained because the AI recognized them as being corrupt. Over 50,000 political members were identified as being corrupt to the system and the AI punished them. So interestingly, AI is already doing this part and it will see how the power struggle will work out. If corruption wins and AI is losing or AI is winning and corruption is getting reduced. And so China is doing this well. You go there, they build whole cities. Western-looking cities, call them AI cities, uh, or two in town or something like this, they attract talents from all over the world. Also interesting about China is they don't have really research. They're not good. They don't have an MIT or Stanford. They don't have a Technical University in Berlin or Technical University in Munich. They don't have Oxford. They don't have the Sorbonne. They don't all have this. Still, they have AI. You buy them. AI today is free. The knowledge is free. Open source is free. You don't need groundbreaking research. You need to it. That's the strength of China. They have a really deep integration of in the industry. They have an abundance of data. They share a lot of data. So they are heavily executing on AI. And that's why they have a head start. Israel, somewhere in between. Israel is very military driven, but they apply AI. If you cross the border, the AI is recognizing you. Oh, are you maybe a terrorist or not? They look at your heartbeat, on your, on your eyes, how you behave, if you're nervous or not. So it's all algorithm figuring this out and segmenting. It's a call of, it's kind of a racial profile and with AI driven. And then with Europe, I would say UK is very, still very strong on it. Historical reasons. London is the number one financing hub in Europe. They have all the money. If you have the money, you got the talent. Also, the government, even they, they mess up on other things, they have an AI idea, they have 500 million just to invest in a million pounds just to invest in AI companies. So they still do good, but it's not their earnings, it's because London. Yes, and London makes it possible. And then we have France and Germany, um, which are the next players, and Switzerland, but maybe France and Germany. In France, you have Macron, who was a good push for the AI economy because he said he wants it. They had an AI report. Now they have internal struggle, which is distracting them. Then you have Germany. And Germany is doing it the German way. Very slow. Very quiet. No tum-tum, no push, no big noise. It's more like, hey, yeah, we realize we want to do AI. We will do it. We have a 10-year plan for this. And they do nothing. Yes, but we can go into details about what to do or not. But this was as a nutshell, the overview, you know, how the market power is currently shifting. What changes do you think, uh, you know, Germany or Europe as a whole could do to catch up on the likes of China or, or the USA? So let's start at the value chain, at the research, groundbreaking research, basic research. We need more highlight projects, more pilot projects. We need researchers who have world-known reputation, like Lacan, like Benjo. Yes, we don't have them. We have good researchers good in the marketing they're not good being a public well-known it's because of envy or federalism i have no clue so we need more researchers who have a, who are very shiny and attract talent to them researchers then we need to structure our research more on the groundbreaking level to into agi artificial general intelligence how can we use other forms of intelligence swarm intelligences how can we learn from nature we need new theories yes Canada is strong on deep learning. Well, why aren't we strong on alternatives? Let's figure this out. Let's research this. The CERN project, yes, for physics. We need a CERN project for AI. We need to unite all European best researchers to put them in one institute and say, like, okay, you are now working on the AGI. You are working on the big questions. 
something will turn out. But for this, you need uh, computer science, physics, mathematics, psychology, ethical PD, philosophy, um, brain researchers, all those from all this variety needs to come together because AI is not computer science. AI is the augmentation of intelligence. Intelligence is something way more complex than a machine could solve. We can only solve it and teach the machine. So this is. Then next level is we need to start applying AI to transfer this knowledge into the industry. An in industry, I don't mean to large corporations who pay a good check and then they put it in a box because they don't want to destroy the business model. We need to transfer this into existing companies and new companies. We need more startups. We need more AI companies everywhere. Yes, we have maybe 200 AI companies in Germany and 200 in France, but in China you have 3,000. 3,000. So we're too small. So we need more entrepreneurs out there. Please, entrepreneurs, go out there, start AI companies. For this, we need to have a clear regulation. Currently, European Union is doing the opposite of it. GDPR is really, really um, not beneficial for the market. But what they're currently working on, we, we call it upload filter. It's destroying the market because the law which they now announced is making it illegal for AI to learn with data which is not owned by the company itself. So you can't, tra can't tra train AI anymore without being the owner of the data, which is terrible because it's about knowledge sharing. It's about data sharing. And now they make a regulation which is, oh, I'm afraid I don't know how to train my AI anymore, which will lead AI companies to be outside of Europe. Because regulation there is softer. So uh, currently regulation is very, very harmful for our industry. Um, then we need more capital. Yes, Europe is rich. But what do we do? We uh, increase retirement. We buy houses. Um, but we don't invest in education. We don't invest in research. We don't invest into enough startups, especially not deep tech startups. So we need to shift our uh, more resources into the future, more into AI companies, deep tech. And then we need exit channels. Yes, European companies need to start buying companies. The biggest buyers on the market are still Twitter and Salesforce and IBM and Intel and all those American companies. They start buying European tech. And the Chinese start buying European tech. Everyone is buying European tech, but not the Europeans. I would like to have a world where European companies are buying European companies and the data, the knowledge, the people, it all stays in Europe. So... The whole cycle doesn't work. From research transfer to business, from business into the exit channel, it doesn't work. It's everything is broken. It's everything is working on its own. So there's a couple of things that I suppose are, are happening in the pipeline that I've heard about. I've heard the Silicon Valley are protesting about GDPR and they're looking to bring in like an open data sharing uh, policy within the Silicon Valley. Um, one, because it's going to allow them to, to further advance where they want to be going. Um, do you think maybe a similar protest uh, would help Europe? I don't need a protest. What I need is a European market for data. What I would like to have is that every data in Europe can be shared freely. But once it leaves the European Union and it's processed outside of Europe, then it should be taxed. We have taxation on cars and other goods. Why not taxing data? So if a large American or Chinese or Indian or Russian company is using our data and is making money with this because they run the analytics behind it, they're giving us better advertising or better services, they're not taxed here. They use our data and they make money with this. Now we should start saying data within Europe, it's free. Bring your company here, build it here, have your service and your team here, you can use the data. You use your data outside of Europe, you have to pay for this. 
we could use the money and we could use the liberal market within Europe. So yes, open data sharing within Europe. European companies, please use the data, share freely. Non-European companies, you pay for it. It's a really good idea. <laughs> really well thought through. I think it would really benefit. And you mentioned sort of a, a call for entrepreneurs uh, in the AI industry. Like, how do they start their their own AI venture if they're if they're looking to do something that either they they found a groundbreaking idea that they're also not sure if it's groundbreaking enough to to start bothering people for their time. You don't need groundbreaking ideas. You need execution, and you need to be smart. Um, please don't start another chatbot company. Uh, what I would say, you want to start an AI company, go out to the industry and check them. Do an internship with an automotive supplier, and then you learn where you need AI. Production optimization, assembly optimization, uh, quality control, logistics, uh, fulfillment, accounting, bookkeeping, HR. Come on, well, there are so many problems which can be solved with AI but they are not easy to discover and they're not easy if you just study business and then you, you do some marketing. No, you don't need another marketing AI companies. I need an AI which is driving my car. I need an AI which is doing robotics. Yes, and not building robots. I speak about controlling all the machinery, helping to gather data, to make analytics. There's so many inefficiency out there. We can solve them, but they are more the interesting but technical ones. But you don't learn about those problems if you're sitting only in, in Dublin, in London, or Berlin because there's no industry. There's service industries, but there's no producing industry. Europe is really good in producing stuff. So fix this with AI. But that means go out there to the company and learn what the real problems are. Okay. So if you have a potential idea of what a problem is and how you're going to solve it, you've produced your MVP, where do you go from then? So the process is currently um, Either you are a machine learner or expertise in deep learning, otherwise you shouldn't start it. So I would say one, one business guy and two thirds technical team. So you need to start to build companies, not with your MBA friends, but with people from ETH or from Oxford or Polytech. Yes, find technical people. Um, build your MVP, go out to the customer, build it with the customer. Yes, solve this problem and figure out if this is a scalable problem. So do other, other companies have the same problem? Use the data and the knowledge you have to give it for free to your first customer and charge for others. So you start with one or two trials. Don't develop too long inside your own box. Go out very early. Then anticipate that sales cycles are very long. So you start with a small pilot project. 50K, you charge 50K. They all have budget for this currently. They all have AI budget. So you do 50K and if they do it happy, then you start to charge MRR for this. And this takes two years. But I have... Um, a potential investment, they did this. They said like, oh, here's the solution. You try it out in one premise and they charge 5,000 euros for this. And now they like it so much, they want to roll it out in 20 or 30 or 100 other premises. And that's how you start. However, it's B2B. It is long sales cycles. And what I learned is you need to have mature co-founders. So if you're just coming from high school or university and you're 20-ish and you want to do this, it won't work that easy because... Your partners on the other side, they are mature, very sophisticated and old economy guys. And you need someone in your team who knows this. But honestly, there are thousands of old economy guys who would love to work on a startup. They have the network, they have the experience. Just find them, cooperate with them. You know, build a team which is brilliant on the technical side and experienced on the sales side. Excellent. Um, I think that's all we have time for on the show today. 
Uh, today's guest was Fabian, the founder of Asgard and the Rise of AI. And I'm your host, Anthony Kelly. Thank you for listening to the AI in Action podcast. Yes, and as usual, Google me, ping me if you have questions, comments, follow me on LinkedIn, uh, Twitter, just send me a message. I'm happy to share any knowledge. Great. Thank you. AI in Action is brought to you by Aldus International, covering your business's staffing, consulting, and networking needs. Aldus offer an exec search program. Aldus can help you discover how data science and AI can transform your company. With our unrivaled network of C-suite executives and senior AI professionals, we offer retained search services across the US and Europe. Get the Aldus advantage. Become a member of the Aldus community and enjoy some of the following. AI meetups. Once a month, our community gathers to listen to some of the leading experts in the world of data science and AI. Our speakers come from all over the world, including Dublin, Boston, and Frankfurt. We also have our AI mentors. Our experts will provide mentoring to all us members. And don't forget our AI in Action podcast. Each week, we have guests from all over the world talking us through their education, career, and more. Become an Aldus member and get the Aldus advantage. For more information and to sign up for our newsletter, log on to www.aldus.com. That's www.aldus.com. Aldus International, empowering through AI.